0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I've got a great stream with a great guest that I think you're really going to enjoy. So I'm sure many of you saw that recently there was a huge uproar in Ireland after a devastating knife attack on a number of people, including children in front of a primary school, ended up with one girl dead. The uproar came because the person in question who committed the attack, allegedly, I guess I should throw in there, Uh, was an Algerian immigrant, and this created a number of uh, different outbursts, including riots in Dublin uh, during that time. So joining me to talk about everything going on in Ireland is Carl Benjamin from the Lotus Eaters. Thanks for joining me, Carl. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. Absolutely. So I think this is going to be interesting because obviously this is flaring up in Ireland, but this is an issue that has exploded across many European countries, your own included, and I think it's a phenomenon That's definitely worth our time to dive into. But before we get to all that, guys, let's hear from today's sponsor. These days, it's impossible to thrive with just one job. Between increasing living costs, paying off debts, and planning for the future, things like buying a home, building savings, and even going on vacation can seem like fantasies. If your goal is financial freedom, you could start taking on more hours at your current job work towards a promotion, or try putting your money into something risky like stocks, cryptocurrencies, or even a side hustle. But at the end of the day, do you really want to sacrifice time and energy that could otherwise be spent with your loved ones or on your hobbies just to make a living? Luckily, you don't have to hustle to reliably make more money. All you have to do is job stacking. Job stacking is the best way for regular people, regular employees, to unleash their earning potential and increase job and financial security. How? By working multiple jobs, but without burning out, or more importantly, getting caught by corporate overlords. Job stacking allows you to reliably receive paychecks from multiple employers each month without having to work more than eight hours a day. You don't have to be in tech or any particular field or industry to do it as long as you can work remotely. If you've thought about working multiple jobs, but you're not sure how to start or are afraid of getting caught, get the fundamental job stacking course today and learn all of the secrets on how to sustainably work multiple full-time jobs From the foremost expert on the matter, Rolf Haltza, author of Job Stacking. Rolf has worked multiple full-time jobs since 2018, including hybrid jobs, and has condensed all of his experiences and wisdom into a single four-module online course so you can start proficiently job stacking without having to make mistakes, figuring things out on your own, or reinventing the wheel in the process. Go to www.jobstacking.com and enter the promo code ORIN to get a special discount. So, Carl... There was this attack in Ireland, obviously a huge tragedy. You have someone who is an Algerian immigrant. Now, the, the immediate response has been, no, this was an Irish citizen. This person is an Irish citizen. He's an Irishman. You know, th- this has nothing to do with immigration. However, looking into it, it looks like he was supposed to be deported. He was not. He had been brought up on uh, on charges multiple times, including possession of a knife when he wasn't supposed to have one. So this is somebody who who had a history, should not have been in the country in the first place. And a lot of people weren't buying this, but the response was immediately uh, by the media, an overreaction by the right. The The right is pushing conspiracy theories and narratives about how this is an immigration problem.
1: Well, if this was the first time that this had happened in Ireland or in the British Isles or in Europe in general, then maybe those people might have a point. But of course, this is not. The first time this has happened in Europe, Britain, or Ireland, uh, this is part of a consistent pattern, because there are people living among us who just really think very differently. In Britain, there was one example of a uh, an Al- I think she was an Algerian woman who cut the throat of a seven year old girl as she ran past, and I mean that's just a sort of a never event for me, right? I should never. Have been allowed to happen and yet this is what we are seeing now I mean you remember not so long ago in France when a Syrian man decided to go down to his local park in daylight and stab a bunch of children there was recently in I can't remember how to pronounce the name of the French town there's a small French town Josh will be covering it on the podcast tomorrow um, where 20 Algerian men or North African men went into this French town of about 500 people and just started stabbing. And one 16 year old boy was killed. Uh, and they yelled, we're here to stab white people. Um, and so Ireland is getting the same pattern of events, uh, when the powers that be very clearly weight themselves in favor of one group and not another, that sends a direct signal to that group that actually you're a protected class. You won't be punished in the same way. In fact, there was a a great um, tweet by Eva Vladinga Broek. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, uh, where she um, is reporting on, in Germany, nine migrants gang-raped a 15-year-old girl for two and a half hours in a park, and one of them got two years in jail. Okay, well, they walk away with that, understanding, well, there were nine of us involved, only one of us got punished. Eight of us didn't get punished. And even then, the one got punished two years, one year for good behavior, probably. Be surprised who even serves that. So that sends a direct message to say, well, look, you are actually kind of free to do what you want. You know, the state, the media, the politicians, they're all actually going to be on your side. And when people are very annoyed at you, well, we'll fend them off for you. So that does sort of give a green light. And Ireland's beginning to catch up to the rest of us on this, actually. Um, Ireland has come to the mass immigration uh, issue quite late because it's only fairly recently that Ireland has been suffering from mass immigration, but they're definitely speed running the experience. Um, I actually think that there's a good chance that Ireland, of all places, might be the place to turn this back because there is no history of colonial guilt in Ireland because they were the colonized country and they have a very strong sense of themselves as a people as in Ireland is for the Irish that's all Irish nationalism has been focused on until about five minutes ago when it turned out it was Palestine, Syria and LGBT. So there will be a far-right Irish nationalism that will break away from traditional Irish nationalism because that's been co-opted by the left and maybe just maybe we will see something happen in Ireland to put a stop to mass immigration
0: yeah it's amazing how propositional nations just magically appear all across the western uh, (laughs) it's incredible isn't it every one of them just happens to be a completely propositional nation everyone created it's always
1: the same proposition too yes But that's isn't that just the interesting thing They're a propositional nation this is this is the rainbow island now it's no longer the emerald Island. it's no longer green and orange or whatever the colors were. no no, no, this is all the colors of the rainbow and it's always the same colors it's always the same people it's always the same message in every single country. What were the odds
0: Yeah, I think uh, Dave the distributist says it you know what what makes you an American? what's making you an Irishman? Well, it turns out it's exactly the same thing pay your mm. taxes be nice and obey the hr rules like that that's yes. universal necessity to be a citizen of any western country uh no, no matter which particular one it is but i, I do like your point about kind of the, the way this won't jive with the irish identity because like you said the, the narrative that we're seeing even of course you know now with the palestinian israel conflict has been this narrative of colonization that's what justifies mm. land back right this everything is stolen. Everything is an oppressor. It's, it's always every everything is justified due to this struggle. <clears throat> but Ireland does not have this history. Ireland does not fit into that narrative cleanly. And it becomes very clear that the only reason this applies to them is that they're white, right? Like, 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 it becomes difficult to pretend that there's actually a historical narrative <clears throat> of liberation involved in, in the current you know replacement of their population.
1: Yeah, there, there is no oppressed people that can be pointed to in the case of the Irish because they are the oppressed people uh, that fought for el- ethnic self-determination. And in fact, I did see a clip going around this afternoon of the Irish parliament where one member had called another member, a white supremacist. It's like, right. I mean, it's the same playbook every single time, all the time, because it's the only one they have. And so actually I'm mildly optimistic in the case of Ireland because You just can't white guilt the Irish. There's just nothing there to guilt. How could you have oppressed the Algerians and the Africans and what are you talking about? That's never been the case and you know that's never been the case and the Irish know that's never been the case. Uh, So fingers crossed that actually a kind of common sense resistance will be like, no, we're not having this. And actually, you are trying to dispossess the Irish of Ireland. I mean, last year, Ireland's and the, the Republic of Ireland's got something like five point five million people in it, and they took in a hundred and forty thousand migrants. That is a staggering amount. That is an absolutely staggering amount. And so, the ethnic makeup of their cities and towns is changing, and now you see on, the, on a regular basis um, migrants wandering around and harassing women. That's just the very tip of the spear, as it were it gets worse and of course this latest tragedy um, is one of the more horrific examples of what will continue to happen but this this is coming this is absolutely coming and but like i said if there's one place i think that won't be having this it's ireland so good luck to them
0: do you think that this is a large in in a decent amount a consequence of their desire to economically modernize they opened themselves up to becoming a corporate tax haven. Yeah. They, they brought in a large amount of managerial elites from outside the country, opened the doors of immigration through that. And suddenly this switches over their government in a way where it's interested in you know, in, in becoming a global citizen. And hmm. lo and behold, you know, Ireland is no longer a place where Irish people are welcome.
1: I don't know about bringing in foreign managerial elites because from what I've seen, and I'm, I'm not in Ireland, so I'm, I'm not directly first hand experiencing any of this, but we are quite close to Ireland. And of course, we've got a lot of cultural contact, there are lots of Irish people in Britain, and I'm sure there are lots of British people in Ireland. So from what I've seen, actually all I've seen is native Irish people who have adopted the managerial woke paradigm and seek to impose that inappropriately on Ireland. Hmm. So now they have to somehow rejig it so that the Irish are white supremacists and that there's always been a non-white underclass in Ireland or something, some nonsense like that. And the Irish have actually been keeping them down this whole time. Uh, Wouldn't you know it? Just like everywhere else, who could have predicted? Um, I, I think these people have accepted the paradigm that the European elites in particular have operated on, which is this kind of woke managerial paradigm. And they want it to be the case. They want this to, to be brought in seamlessly. And it does work on the French, on the Germans, on the British, on you know almost everyone else, because of European colonial history. And so they, I think, view this as the morally correct thing to do. But you can tell that they're essentially non-player characters. They have been essentially just programmed with a foreign ideology that could not have emerged in Ireland organically, naturally, because it doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's entirely possible that it is exactly you say because they wanted the money. Because, of course, they're still a part of the European Union and they, they used to be. A net beneficiary of European money. They've only only in the past few years they've flipped and become a net uh, payer to the European Union, so we'll see how long that lasts for I suppose. But it probably is intricately connected to the flow of money and business uh, to Ireland and this probably is a kind of, um, uh, there's a particular term that escapes me because I'm shattered, Um, but it's a kind of uh, deal with the devil definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I should have said the importation of the ideology more than the particular members of the class. But yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right that that is something that that's key. I also wonder how much the uh, the weakening of the Catholic Church and its identity uh, has on, on their ability to kind of resist that and see things be, you know, make a case beyond the purely material as to why this would be something worth defending. You know, that's interesting. Because I I went
1: over there, I think it was 2017. um, And at the time, I'm I'm sure it was 2017, 2018. And I was just going to visit a bunch of places. And at the time, they were having a referendum on abortion. And so every lamppost, you had two posters, one pro, one anti. And as I understand it, the pro-abortion side of the argument won which does definitely indicate there is a waning of catholicism in ireland of all places uh, and so it seems that the the dark tendrils of materialism uh, can penetrate even the most religious of hearts in the end uh, they just keep churning and churning and churning and eventually they get what they want um so i'm skeptical but i don't know
0: yeah now, now talking about the response like you said this might be the one place that that does have a good pushback one thing we saw right after were riots uh, that that mm. followed what had happened here. Something that I think would would surprise most. Usually, the writing that is done in other Western nations is of the oppressed group. Uh, in theory, uh, you know, and, and instead, it was an actual reaction by the native uh, people of Ireland. Now, interestingly, I was watching uh, some content from a follower who is Irish, and he said that. a a lot of the people involved here were kind of street hooligans who had been causing a general problem in Dublin. They may not have been specifically uh, motivated solely by this though, you know, the, that was probably part of it. And so it felt like there was a mixed reaction in that many people outside of Ireland saw this as kind of the average person rising up. And, you know, the, it turns out the right, that the right is indeed the, the voice of the unheard, Uh, you know, all of a sudden, However, some people who even those who were right wing in Ireland saw this as more of a mixed bag where it was good to see people caring about this, but that it, maybe the, the purity of the action was not ideological in the way that some people might want it to be.
1: I can't imagine there's ever been a riot in all of history yeah, I where have the same response. it was made up of um, respectable middle class types, to be right. honest. Um, so I can imagine that's the case. I don't know what the composition of the rioters was, obviously. All I heard was Irish accents uh, and white Irishmen. Um, But I can't imagine that they're
0: uh, home-earning well-to-dos.
1: I imagine they probably are from the lower classes.
0: So, obviously, uh, someone who has kind of been pushed to the forefront by all of this has been USC fighter Conor McGregor. Mm. Uh, He's very vocal about what happened on Twitter. Uh, He had some very... Some very blunt statements about you know why you know the the government had failed and what people should uh, why people should not be taking this. Now he did distance himself from the actions of the rioters uh, a little bit later and did say you know hey that you know this is the right feeling but the wrong response and we should be taking you know more su- more substantive political actions and these kind of things. But the reaction has immediately been by the Irish government that this guy needs to be investigated and that censorship yes. needs to follow. We're, we're already seeing talk of new hate speech laws, uh, possibly throwing people in jail for having memes on their phone. Just the, the reaction of the government has been severe, especially when it seems like uh, it directly in relationship, to the fact that McGregor was driving a large amount of interest and focus on what was happening.
1: Um. So the Irish hate speech bill has got a particular name, but I can't remember off the top of my head um was actually proposed in 2022 uh because this is not in any way new or unusual for western liberal democracies uh the united states is the only place that is insulated from this
0: well because well don't be so sure we i think i think we've i didn't say you're immune to it i said you were
1: insulated from it (laughs) uh, because of your first amendment but even then that's only going to be a temporary bulwark i fear um I mean, you do have Ricky Vaughan in jail, right. at the moment. So it's not perfect. But then you've got one in jail; we've got about three thousand in jail. That's fair. That's so fair. you know, like I said, insulated but not immune. Um, but the Irish one is so the the Irish, the, the progressive Irish government, and the sort of uni party controlling the Irish Parliament or Senate uh, are well aware that they're going to need something like this, and have had this in progress. I don't think it's passed yet, um, but I it's definitely something they're getting towards fruition, and this is definitely going to be used as justification why this needs to be hurried through. Because allowing Irish citizens to make a characteristic judgement about a group is apparently off the table. You're just not allowed to do that in a liberal democracy. You cannot make a sweeping, judgmental uh, characterization of any group at all, actually. There's literally nothing that isn't protected at this point. And Ireland is going to do the same thing. Theirs is going to be worse than Britain's somehow. I thought Britain's was pretty bad. Uh, Theirs is going to be worse. You'll get five years in jail, I think it is, if you don't open your phone for them. Oh, okay, that's um, very progressive. And of course, as you say, you know, you'll end up going to jail for memes. Because at least in Britain you have to have sent something via a public communication uh, network in Ireland it'll just be the possession of the thing. Uh, so, But this, I, I find this particularly fascinating though, um, because of course what we get is, cons- the co- what we're hearing is the constant refrain of the far right, the far right. Not refrains about stabbings, and I hasten to remind everyone that this is not the first time this has happened in Ireland. Many people now have been killed, in fairly recent months, by migrants. So this is something that has been bubbling up to the surface, A migrant stabbing three children and two adults in broad daylight and killing one of them was just the kind of tipping point there. And instead of saying, okay, there appears to be a problem with the category of immigrant, because not all immigrants are the same. Some immigrants come from some places and have particular values, and others come from other places and have different values. And actually, you'd think a sensible government in any other time and place would be discriminating about that and say, "Okay, we'll take immigrants from there, but we won't take immigrants from there." Very much like Donald Trump wanted to do with his quote Muslim ban. Uh, he he appreciated that there are differences of peoples around the world. I mean, one would argue that one could argue that that's what diversity is actually, uh, recognizing differences between people. But instead of saying maybe there's something wrong with our immigration policy, the Irish government have said, "Right, the far right of the problem." Conor McGregor is the problem. The people who are outraged about the stabbing are the problem. And they characterize these people as having an ideology. Right, so it's ideological to not want foreigners to come into your country and stab people. I'm not sure that's the case, but let's assume that's true. What you've said, Irish government, is we stand with the ideology that brings the danger to the country. And the people who don't want the danger in the country are the problem. They are the enemy constituency They are the the foe. Our constituency includes random stabbings from foreign migrants. So, okay, that's very interesting. I think that people should be more cognizant of the lay of the land when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh, What are they attacking? What do they see as a threat to their regime? Their regime contains, as a normal feature, migrants stabbing children. That's a normal feature of their regime, which is why they weren't outraged by it, which is why they're going to take no action over it. And which is why they're only going to take action against the people who want action taken about the normal feature of their regime. That's a core normal feature. And people should, people do well to remember that.
0: Yeah. You know, obviously this feels, this is far more concentrated in Europe because it's happened suddenly. It's been over a much shorter amount of time. In America, we boiled the frog much slower. Uh, there's a large amount of this kind of thing that happens in the United States, but we, you know, we we got rid of our uh, what we used to have, which was a quota system for immigration across different nations yeah. that were more compatible with with the United States and its values. And instead, we just simply decided that borders aren't a thing that we're ever going to have anymore. And well, so, uh, just to correct you on that,
1: the the frog has actually been boiling for quite a long time in Europe as well. Mm it just hasn't been boiling for very long in Ireland. And the Irish elite see what the rest of the European elites do and think, well, we're a a bunch of backwater hicks compared to the Germans and the French. Therefore, we're gonna have to catch up with them as quick as possible. So next time we're at an international EU meeting, we can look around and go, yes, we have diversity in Ireland too, thank you very much, ha ha ha. Aren't we as clever and forward thinking and progressive as you? Um, But the thing is, the German and French elites and the British elites, had to spend decades to get to the point where they're at now, where the the public is just so beaten down that, okay, yep, terrible things are happening, and yet for some reason we don't do anything. Um, the Irish public have not been sufficiently demoralized by their elites yet uh, because their elites are stupid and vainglorious. Uh, and that's why I'm actually vaguely optimistic on that one. Uh, but sorry, I did uh, interrupt you there.
0: No, no. Well, what, when would you say then do you think that mass immigration became... A priority for uh elites in say germany or france
1: towards the end of the 90s okay. the same as in britain okay. um yeah you can you can plot it on graphs you can see it on the graphs um there wasn't huge amounts of mass immigration when i lived in germany in the early 90s um there was no you would go into german towns and there'd be germans in them and you go anywhere in Germany, it'd be Germans, uh, but of course, in the same, same with France, you used to go to Paris, there'd be Frenchmen in Paris, Paris the thought. Um, and now it's just been 25 plus years of non-stop, just catastrophic immigration. But the elites managed to keep a handle on things and learn how to manage the situation. Whereas the Irish elites clearly have not learned how to manage this situation. Uh, and hopefully that is an Achilles heel.
0: Yeah, see, we got heart seller in the United States in the 1960s. So I think, uh, mm. well, well, I would certainly agree that uh, that Britain and Germany and France were running this far in advance of Ireland. I think we might unfortunately have you beat by several decades. Um, but you do
1: you do also have ideological advantages over us when it comes to this. I mean, being a propositional nation might not actually be brilliant, but at least it does allow you to integrate new immigrants and give them a suite of ideals that you can say, well, look, just do this and your neighbours will like you. Um, there's very little that foreigners can do to make their neighbours like them other than be good people uh, in Britain. Um, there, there isn't just a, a catechism to profess, you know? there's There's no... Uh, america, a america british ideal or english ideal because we're ancient ethnic states not um revolutionary propositional ones
0: unfortunately that hasn't uh, that hasn't saved us from that fate but i, no, no, you were, no, I no, what you are no. saying uh so uh, interesting that all of these governments have found mass immigration to be like you said the constituency they're going to fight for no matter yeah. what the you know no matter how the outcome seems to be kind of obvious and difficult to sell to people on its face. They still seem to push forward with this. Do you think that this is part of kind of a a mechanism connected to democracy that's simply swelling, you know, or is this economic? Is this, is this a purely ideological part of liberalism? Is this all of these things at once? What do you think is driving kind of this uniform move by elites across these nations towards backing you know the importation of military age men uh not from their nation in who might you know take actions that could endanger the populace
1: um you i think you're hitting on it where it is a combination of factors but i think you've summarized them all pretty well i think the main ones are ideological and economic um but there are also there's also this weird moral undercurrent to it as well um which starts to get a little bit freudian i think um but the primary economic one is the fact that European economic growth has been very sluggish. And so the bureaucrats look at their spreadsheets and they say, well, the average wage is 25,000 pounds or whatever it is, uh, or however many, 30,000 euros, whatever it is. And so if we just increase the number of people in the country, then we have increased economic growth by just multiplying the average wage by the number of people to get an estimate of the size of the economy. Uh, And so that's one way that they want economic growth. They think this will, rather than increase productivity or increase real wages or anything like that, this is the easiest way, frankly, as far as they can tell. And the second thing is that, and again, this is deeply tied with economics, is that the European birth rate has collapsed since the advent of the birth control pill. Um, What's interesting is data on this shows That it's not that women are actually individually having fewer children, it's that fewer women are having children. So when a woman has children, she's likely to have two or three, um, but fewer women are just having children because of birth control. Um, But what this means is pensions have to be paid for and they're well aware that the pension scheme is kind of like a Ponzi scheme that requires an ever increasing population. And, Maybe in 1955 or whenever the pension scheme was brought in, this seemed plausible, but it was in the 60s that the birth control pill was brought in and that just caused the population to stagnate or flatline, if not decline. And so they are looking at their sheets and they're saying to themselves, well, someone's gonna have to pay for the old people who are the ones who are voting for us to get their pensions. And if we don't get them their pensions, they're gonna stop voting for us. I'm not going to be the one who destroys the uh, retirement state uh, because that will be a black mark against me forever. And so we're going to need young people in order to pay for these pensions. Now, this, of course, turns us into a kind of demographic black hole because it turns out that actually when immigrants come over here, everyone was like, oh, my God, they're going to outbreed us. That's really not the problem. Uh, it turns out that immigrant birth rates are subject oh, to the same down. yeah. downward pressure as everyone else. Though I saw a thing a few years ago about Muslim birth rates. There were something like five per woman in the country of origin. Then they go down to 2.2 after like five years. And it's like, Jesus, that's quick. That's very quick. Because it turns out even Muslim women when given access to birth control, like, yeah, okay, I think I will. Uh, And so, and they seem to forget that also immigrants grow old. uh, And so they're going to have to import more immigrants in order to pay for those ones. And so we've just got this downward demographic spiral. Um, But then secondly, this is all facilitated by materialist liberal ideology, as in the idea that human beings are merely individuals detached from space, time, continuum, uh, culture, civilization. They're all just fungible, interchangeable uh, (laughs) nodes on a graph. And therefore we can just bring anyone in, but then you start to get the sort of moral impetus that comes from this, where it becomes necessary and desirable to have the entire world living with you because otherwise there's something retrograde or backwards looking about you. Uh, If you aren't trying to save the rest of the world by bringing them into our countries to allow them to take, Uh, partake of the living standards that we have then you are in some way confining them to hell they act as if the countries that the people come from are simply not worthy of human life that's why they want to get them all in look they're suffering the poor refugees are suffering in their countries and so we have to have them in this country and you have to pay for the hotels Um, and so there's a kind of messianic motheringness to this, as if these people weren't just getting along just fine in their own countries before they decided to get on boats and invade our countries, um, and so that you've got this this mixture of ideology, economic necessity, and moral crusade that is, I think, the real force behind why they just can't stop, why they're totally addicted to this model, and uh, obviously, it can't go on forever.
0: Yeah, the, the abuse of the asylum system seems to be key across the board here too, where a system that originally was created to let women and children in, you know, who managed to barely escape a war with, you know, the the clothes on their backs to find some 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 refuge inside a country for a small amount of time before you're figuring out how to rebuild uh, the the place from which they came has turned into a reason that, you know. Any 22-year-old should be able to walk into a country and immediately receive every benefit and service provided by that country, including housing, which is, you know, like you said, I think medical care and housing have continued to be uh, the the real linchpins of, of kind of this. Like you said, a lot of people imported these populations with the hope of saving their pension systems. But while they've attempted, they've managed to keep you know the seventy-year-olds from running out of money. They've bankrupted the twenty-year-olds, and they've ensured that they won't have uh, a, that they won't have any more children. That there'll be a demographic collapse inside their own nations because they imported people that have driven up the cost of the things that you need when you're young. Yes, um, this this is a
1: catastrophe. I've got a good example of how phenomenally ridiculous the the managerial woke mindset is on this. So there was a 20-something young woman on a plane recently, and it was on the, the landing pad. And she realized that someone on there was being deported, a black man on there was being deported back to Jamaica. And she made up a scenario in her head about how he probably wasn't safe in Jamaica. And she caused a big scene and got the flight to be uh, canceled. And I, it, it turned out that the guy was a gang rapist. <laughs> And Jamaica is somewhere that people go on holiday. So it's like, okay, if it was a Syrian going back to a war zone, maybe, maybe you could make the case. I mean, they would never do this for a Ukrainian, obviously. Um, Wrong tone of skin. But the fact that a Jamaican can't be sent back to Jamaica, again, a holiday destination, um, in the minds of these people, uh, really shows you that this isn't actually about the question of whether they're safe in their own country. What this is really about is making sure that just as many foreigners as possible stay here in order to, and honestly, I think there is an aspect of this, kind of humiliate the country that this is happening to. Um, they know that you're not only paying for the refugees today, you're paying for the human rights lawyer, and you live under the human rights legislation that makes this cycle of humiliation possible. So the gang rapist gets to live in your country after raping some of your countrymen. Or women in this case, um, and so I think there is a kind of
0: perverse pleasure
1: that they take in it as well.
0: Yeah, there there is an amazing again a, a feature that echoes across all of these elites is a pure mm. hatred of kind of the middle class of their nation, kind of kind of the, the working class, the it's working, the working class, class as well. Well, I mean, in in the United States, I think it, it extends to the middle class as well, but uh, but Sorry, well, in, time, in in
1: I, I get the feeling that the class systems are different between. Britain and America or Europe. Oh, and for sure. Because I, I I tweeted out something about, oh, I just hate the bloody middle class. And loads of um, Trump supporting Americans got really offended. And I was like, what? <laughs> you guys are anti-woke. What are you getting offended for? You're, you're, they weren't what I consider to be the middle class. And so there's a there's a cultural disconnect there. Um, because in, in Britain, the middle class are the... Um, office working managerial woke types who want to remain in the EU and want to flood our countries with immigrants everything that the trump supporters who are in my replies getting angry at me are against so I was like no, that's not you I don't understand why you why you felt attacked by that so obviously this is different terminology uh, between the countries so but I mean in in Britain it's very much the working class which is why Tommy Robinson is treated in the way that he is it's it's really just comes down to his accent
0: yeah, I guess in America it would be better to designate a blue collar and white collar because in the United right. States, middle class means you have the ability to own your own home and possibly your own business. But we have plenty of plumbers and, and, and people who right, are right, tradesmen right. who are wealthy, you know, but, but that for them, it's an economic achievement, not a, not a transition from type of work. Uh, right. so, our, our
1: class system is cultural, not
0: right. economic.
1: Uh, there are plenty of middle class people that are piss poor. Uh, You know, I've got a cousin who's very working class who definitely earns more than my middle-class brother-in-law, for example. You know, so money isn't actually – it often correlates with class status, but like you say – um, the, the working class actually have an advantage. They do things with their hands and they build things. And that actually is a valuable skill no matter, no matter where you are and what's going on. And so they can always earn a decent living as long as they're hardworking and diligent men. Uh, whereas middle class people who have just got office skills who could be replaced by literally anyone from anywhere in the world who can type on a keyboard, um, they, they actually are often, well, find themselves economically depressed uh, by the current situation. Um, so yeah, different, different meanings over here. It's about, um, perceived status in society and kind of breeding. Uh, and I mean, the, the, the difference between Douglas Murray and Tommy Robinson is literally the way they talk in Britain and that that's everything, you know, cause everything comes from the perception of how they talk. It's perceived that the working class person will behave boorishly whereas the person who who speaks with a very refined accent will behave very well. Um, and I've I've experienced this myself with my accent, and my accent's very mid, mid of the range in Britain. Like the Americans often think I've got a posh accent, I really don't. Uh, in Britain, I'm considered like a yeah, very, very like lower middle class accent, uh, not a very exciting accent at all. Um, but I have seen the accent privilege in real time, because I actually went to one of the Tommy protests, and I think it was 2017, 2018, and uh, I was just with a bunch of the football lads there. And I was walking through uh, this crowd because I wanted to go and talk to some lefties who had a little stall and there were some police uh, preventing them from going over there. And they were physically pushing the football lads back. And I opened my mouth and said, Look, can I go over there and speak to those people? And literally, I saw them recoil from me. They literally took a step back from me personally. Um, and I guess that they were thinking, God, who's, who, who's, 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 who's this guy's dad? You know? Who, who is this? I, I, you know, he doesn't speak like these football yobs. Will I get in trouble for shoving him around? And I genuinely think that was what was going through their mind. Uh, they, they said no, I couldn't go through, but they were very polite to me, and that was the. I mean, I, as a British person, you've always you always know about class and accents, but that was the the first time I really felt any power in my accent, and it was just like, oh my god, you know, that's terrible.
0: Yeah, the the, Amer- the only American version of that is the Southern accent. If you have yeah. it, then it doesn't. You could be a billionaire, and you are probably still, you know, some yeah. kind of trailer park trash. Uh, Which is a real
1: shame because outside of America, the Southern accent is very charming.
0: Oh, it's charming here too. It, we just hate the North. That's 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 that's, that's sure. the way we cope with it. We just. <laughs> but,
1: but like in in Britain, we don't think of Southerners as necessarily as stupid. Actually, we we think of them as traditional. But I mean, I guess I guess it's a an American prejudice.
0: Or at yeah, least that's think, never what
1: I've taken away from it anyway
0: no but but I think that is the the outlook that you know you're again the people you would call middle class have and and you can see that again that mm. the, the way they despise there are so many people who have gotten their gender studies degree and then they see somebody uh you know who's a blue collar worker making a hundred thousand dollars a year having a home having a family and you know that that should be them they're entitled yeah, to that yeah. they should be ruling those people how how could those people be happy and healthy and, and thriving? And they need to be punished or replaced. And that that, that is yeah. really where it feels like a lot of this is being yeah. driven, is it's okay to replace... When we're replacing people, we're replacing those people, the ones who who would do the manual labor and maintain our high society. We're not replacing any of the ones who do important things like fill Starbucks orders.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also the uh, the Marxist PhD who spent 20 years getting a degree that literally has literally has no economic value. Well, you know, I can, I can, I can kind of understand why they'd be resentful actually, right.
0: uh, I mean, yeah. Well, Carl, I want to go ahead and switch over to the questions of the people here, but before I do, is there anything people should be checking out, looking for over with the Lotus Eaters?
1: Oh, um, we've got a lot of new stuff coming in the new year, actually. So, um, definitely come and, uh, have a look at lotuseaters.com.
0: Excellent. All right. We've got plenty of questions here, so I want to get started with them uh deuce boogaloo for ten dollars love the video title joke it's also really funny as an mma fan watching one of our guys getting into politics uh, my political and mma twitter uh twitters are starting to look the same rare potato people w yeah it is interesting you know it feels like going forward you're gonna need people like trump you're gonna need people like mcgregor you're gonna need people from outside the establishment who are willing to just not care and say things and 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 are going to take attitudes that are not polished and and focus tested if you're going to break through any of this stuff and i think that's that's why people were so excited to see someone like mcgregor step up and, and take a position for the working class person for the average person in ireland and and you know uh not carefully hedge his language when he steps in
1: i thought his language was actually very careful um i think that he had tweeted i mean i don't know about today i haven't checked his feed today so far what i've seen has been very well constructed actually um he hasn't stepped on any major landmines so they can just be like racist at him uh which i think is very um very good very polished um but one one i mean i am enjoying watching just non political people getting outraged you know i i'm sorry i was that person 10 years ago uh i was a non-political person i got outraged and look where i am now so who knows where conor mcgregor will be in 10 years you know president or C or whatever it is of
0: ireland who knows they should just let him play video games man all right just uh, let him do his mma bro uh fogo here for five dollars what is the makeup of the irish military any chance right. we see eu troops brought to ireland uh, well if if they need
1: troops if if they if it comes to getting troops yes uh, Ireland doesn't really have an army. Ireland's army is about 7,000 men, 2,000 of those being reserves. Um, it's not really an army, it's a kind of occupation force that's brought in to assist the police if ever needed. I don't even know if it has ever been needed. Uh, 493 of them are stationed overseas. Like, Ireland is not a military power. Um, the Irish army, I mean, you know, what's 7,000 men gonna do against any kind of foreign invasion? They're not an army to defend against foreign invasion. Um, So the makeup of the Irish military, I I I actually don't know what the actual makeup of it is. I imagine it's mostly men. Um, But I am aware that, like everywhere else, they're having trouble filling the limited number of places that they're trying to um, fill. So, you know, same problem everywhere.
0: Economic unit 1565 for $100. Thank you very much, man. Very generous of you. Really appreciate it. Uh, here's an idea. You need to explore the managerial capacity and its transformation of a college degree into, or captivity, sorry, and uh, tra- and its transformation of a college degree into an idol in the ensuing American evangelical uh, diaspora, resulting in the separation of the body of Christ, causing the church to become ineffective. Well, that's that's interesting, man. A couple things. I did actually um, address part of that. You'll, you'll see uh, the first half of that question answered in my book that's going to be coming out, The Total State. I get into the college degree and, and kind of why it became critical to the managerial state and why it captured institutions via that mechanism. Interesting, I guess, the second part would be whether this actually broke up religious communities. I think it broke up all communities in the United States as kind of the IQ shredder aspect of these uh, uh, kind of these different cities and uh, their academic uh, centers kicked in, they started sorting and they started removing and destroying communities that way. But that's, that's going to be, that's a global phenomenon that these economic centers have deracinated most of the populations that they sift. Uh, And so that's not particular just in the United States, though you could definitely chart the way, that it, it particularly impacted the United States because I think obviously that did separate large chunks of, of kind of uh, geographically rooted churches that then lost their ability to push back against other features of the total state, which I think is, is pretty important. But thank you very much, man. Anything there, Carl, on the American evangelical diaspora?
1: It's a bit too theological, yeah. for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> I haven't got anything to say about that. Fair I like enough. the IQ shred a bit, though, because that, that just made me think that, Before, midwits actually didn't have clear career progression, and so actually they'd get stopped at about mid-management. Yeah. Just they wouldn't get any further because they were retarded. Um, Unfortunately, now they're in charge of multinational corporations, Disney, governments,
0: you know, somehow... Well, they were useful, like they, they weren't retarded. Yeah. They, they had a particular niche, like you well, are, yeah, yeah. you, you have the ability. Yeah, I know. But, but, but <laughs> they, they had a social value yeah. to their community and that, that they're above average and they were able to to allow Run a local levels. McDonald's. It's, yeah. yeah let, let those levels of social organization flourish, but they weren't yeah. elevated into yeah, the positions that you're talking about and ruin mm-hmm. those things uh let's see here creeper weirdo for two dollars this black mirror episode sucks right guys yeah i don't know it's the most realistic one yet uh please don't say that (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's true i I deal the black peels on this show you're you're, here you're supposed to give the 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 rousing speech all right uh mint 20 for 10 dollars. the story only reinforces my thinking that uh naturalization should be extremely rare Ah, uh, live in the country for twenty years, have endorsement of a hundred national uh, natural citizens, kind of rare, and it should be revocable. Uh, I mean, for, sorry, go, yeah, you go. Yeah, ahead. no, I, I
1: think you should be more stringent than that. Um, yeah, it should be contingent on marriage. You have to marry an Irish person if you go to Ireland. That's and historically, that's how it worked. Um, there are loads of examples in ancient history of uh, tribes like, you know, the Aravinges and the Theungurais or something like that from Caesar's Gallic Wars, where they decide to form a conjoined tribe and they intermarry. So all of the men marry women from the other tribe. All of the women marry men from the that, the other tribe and their children become the one tribe at the end of it. Um, and it was historically always understood that that's how it worked. I think it was, it was like Peru or, or Paraguay. Dr. Or Francia, like. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that literally forbade Spanish marriage. And it was like, no, you've got to marry natives, deal with it. Um, and you at least get rid of that problem after a generation of a sort of class system like that. Um, and that's it was just historically understood that, no, it has to be intermarriage uh, because then you are both bought into the future of the society in exactly the same way because they're your kids, you know, they're your kids. You are now part of this. You can't leave because you're attached to the kids. And so that was the only way that you can't just have random people coming and like, I've lived here for twenty years. Give me Irish citizenship, stab, stab, stab. You know, like it turns out that's not enough. It turns out that you have to have a direct investment in
0: it. I, I moved into Athens three years ago. I'm an Athenian. I can vote, right? That's that's how yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. That's that's well, how they understood that. Eric Zamore had a great uh, turn of phrase for this. Uh, people
1: who are administratively French in France. Uh and that's a great administratively
0: Irish people. Have arrived in Ireland now. Have you ever read the Ancient City uh, Kalange? No, I haven't. You you would really enjoy that book. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's better. about the Romans and the Greeks and and yeah. how critical the the religion was basically to their identity. Mm. And his key point is that participation in the worship was the binding, and yeah. you didn't have there was no option of participating in the worship if you were not directly connected to the family. So if if the if the daughter. You know, obviously, she goes and she gets married. She leaves the family. She loses the 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 worship of the god of the hearth because she is no longer under the you know the household of her father and like that that very direct and you know the your biological son is not actually as related to you as your adopted son because it, if the adopted son is involved in the worship and your biological son is not, and so that's mm-hmm. the you know so. So just those those key binding uh, rituals are, are are the are the big thing there things that that are deep investments in identity. Um, they they don't always have to be blood, but of course that's a, a critical part of that binding mechanism. And it's whatever it is, part. it is and it has and it had it needs to be present for the most for the most part but any additions to that have to be made at a very costly mechanism you need a high buy in when people are, are making that kind of change so and it's, just, it's
1: been true for thousands of years and
0: somehow we've just forgotten it so okay <laughs> well i mean and this is something i i wanted to talk to you a little bit about but i didn't i didn't get to when we were talking is you know we we it feels like we have stretched the we have stretched the ability of homogenization to organize societies at this point. We, we've, we've built up, we homogenized all of these cultures in an attempt to build wide amounts of, of uh, social coordination across multiple, you know, uh, uh, continents and things. And we, that's been the advantage for so long is, is your ability to get general as much as possible to allow for the highest degree of cooperation. But I think we're getting to the point where the, you know, the, the general has, has had a, you know, a nice, Couple hundred years run, but the particular is about to come crashing back in. Where the it's it's you're going to have people who need tighter bonds to survive what's coming, and you're you're not going to be able to continue to just spread your social organization, you know, to to the ends of the earth without consequence. I get the feeling that
1: what we are living through is the consequence of the 20th century. Actually, sure. Um, the because I mean almost all of the modernization efforts of the 20th century. Just didn't happen for f- however many tens of thousands of years prior to that. Um, the the necessary things that people did for one another have a lot of, in large part, just been broken. Mm-hmm. And I think we're watching the consequence of these sort of cables coming unmoored and smashing through the buildings next to them. You know, um, and so I I think that we're in totally uncharted waters. Um, and I can't I can't see it ending well either.
0: Well, I think our rulers figured out that they could scale civilization further if they unmoored the classical human bonds and re and reattached them to large institutions. But we don't know that that
1: will obtain for any period of time.
0: Oh, it won't. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah I know. I don't I, think so. Either, yeah. you know, I think we're about to watch mean. the Tower of Babel meet its, its inevitable end. Yeah, I um, think so. But, and I, I
1: think it is in fact what the tower of babel story is warning about in fact I, but uh I'm, no, I'm a biblical scholar
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> uh creeper reader here for five dollars immigrants pick up the bad habits of the nations they immigrate to wait no yes yeah um,
1: yeah that's yeah that's totally true
0: yeah um, no it, it has it has been interesting that's been the joke i've made a number of times a lot you know a lot of people uh, will who want to bag on christianity will be like see islam is more resistant see that you know that that's a faith that can withstand it's like buddy they're going to trans muslim kids before you uh, you know um before uh, muslim kids end up turning you into a sharia law abider i'm sorry I, I, I i've i've had this
1: argument with aa for ages yeah No, it, the muslims are going to lose to the woke they're yeah. going to
0: lose to the woke in the america woke. they already have entirely uh
1: there, there no no, there have been there have been one or two uh examples of like Muslim resistance to woke, but you can see the flow of energy in this. The Muslims are like, no, no, and okay, for a moment they stop it, but the grind of woke still carries on and will eventually overrun them or their children or their children's children. You know, this will continue on and the Muslims will eventually not understand why uh you can't be a queer hijabi and things like that
0: uh general grievance here for ten dollars possibly that's the worst a great thing ab- profile picture <laughs> <laughs> possibly well. the worst thing about the insane levels of immigration being hoisted upon uh western people is that no matter how it ends the longer it goes on the uglier the solution becomes yeah that's of course true all the easy uh qu- all the easy solutions were way back uh we took all the we, we blew past all the easy on on ramps and that's why you know when we talk about deportation in america people lose their mind because every year you're adding another 5 million people that that would that would apply to and it only gets more and more difficult
1: so i would go and have to i'd have to go and check the numbers for america but in britain actually the problem is solvable via democracy uh, i realize that in, in these sort of spaces it's not a popular thing to hear um, but there's actually nothing technically stopping us from just simply dissolving the home office and therefore visas can't be given out and therefore millions of foreigners can't come here. And every year, 600,000 foreigners leave. Uh, there's about 70,000 British people who leave as well. But if we could have, say, 10 years of uninterrupted 700,000 of them leaving every year, or 600,000 of them leaving, then the pressure would definitely be vastly alleviated. You, you would see the housing market change. You would see the job market change. Um, things would be very different. Uh, and we would be put on a much more firm footing for the future, but uh, but as it is at the moment, I just don't see that happening in the near near term. So,
0: yeah, we have Article Five in our constitution that would allow for, for theoretically a democratic solution by a a, a, a uh, convening a council of the states, but that probably, yeah, that is probably as likely as you guys doing that. Over yeah, the, the problem is the people right. are the wheel. Uh, dylan98 here the main issue is that no right-wing party in ireland uh, that there is no right-wing party in ireland and Sinn fein who will win the next election are even more left-wing and open and pro-open borders i mean this seems Sinn fein used to
1: be the right-wing party
0: right right, quite quite a bit right
1: (laughs) i'm a i'm a military brat my dad was in the rf 25 years and uh i remember in the 90s um the british uh, the, the you know the authorities, on the military camps that we would live on, they would have lots of be careful of bombs, be careful of anything the IRA may have done. And the thing is, we were on a, a camp in Germany a lot of the time, so it's like, okay, I don't think the IRA are coming over here, actually. You know, Looking back on it, it's like, I don't really think many of them are gonna go joint headquarters in Gladbach because it's quite a distance to go when you could just go to England, which is a lot closer. Um, but it was still there there's still perennial Oh, the irish nationalist army um wants to the, the you know republican army wants to uh drive the british out of ireland to say like, well not anymore really do they? They, they, they they want diversity don't they how can you possibly be so racist against the british um remarkable i can't believe that all of those men fought and died for this you know yeah so this is what they were fighting for is it?
0: well what's, yeah that's the meme goes uh the world war Two soldiers <laughs> on the beaches of normandy yeah. And now it's the IRA guys at the balaclavas
1: fighting for trans rights and immigrants. Yeah.
0: Rough beats. Uh, uh, secure your children. Secure your legacy, folks. Uh, cherub Cow for $20. Uh, thank you for the good works. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bourbon Cat here for $10. It is uh, frustrating to see factions of right wing Twitter like Owen Benjamin and his Bears counter signal McGregor. We're not checking every single box. We don't have time for Doom Pillars. Yeah. I, I'm tired of the online
1: right counter-signaling everything that isn't 100% exactly as they want it, because that means they're going to be counter-signaling everything until the end of time. Um, I would rather, because I mean like the left doesn't really do this actually, Um, you'll notice that the left love bombs absolutely anyone who says anything, even vaguely leftist, and they do it in order to essentially groom them into being a left winger. And so they sit there and reply, uh, ha, 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 all that sort of stuff. And then they, but they keep on piling on left wing ideology and cause they know that they're a subversive force. They know that this is how they get you. And the problem with the right is it doesn't have that self-confidence in its own doctrine. And so it's looking for, a, right. It's got to be purity or nothing. Not understanding that anyone who says anything that kind of even opens the door just a little bit, that's you in, that's you in stop, Whining at that guy, no, no, say thank you for opening the door. Now, have you considered these other spectrum of right-wing points that are also valid based on similar principles? Have you considered, don't, don't, don't bitch at them because Conor McGregor isn't complaining about Israel enough or something like, what are you talking about? You know, like you've gotten in here, open that door further and everything follows from that.
0: Yeah, there's a, so there's a fine line here. I agree with you uh, quite a bit. I think yes, anding these people is yeah. definitely the way to go. When someone wakes up and sees something, especially someone who is very mainstream and not very political, and they see yeah. something and they are stepping into the arena for the first time, the thing to do is not to just check them for every single political, you know. Uh, They're dirty. not part
1: of your online bubble. Right, they right. don't think like you yet, but yeah, they let, might.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. To- yeah let them step in and in, into that space and give them the ability to to kind of absorb at, at the same time i will say this there is a there is a tendency on the right to see someone make a move they think they like and turn that person into a leader right away and so. and so a lot of people are understandably hesitant i think about grifting because it has it literally has happened very often to them however i think you need to you need to draw a line between people who are completely motivated by the power they are achieving inside a political movement. And a guy like Conor McGregor, who has plenty of money and plenty of fame and has no need for whatever small amount yeah. of e-cred you can give him. And he is stepping in for an entirely different reason. I think drawing that yeah. distinction is very important. And, and it's a, such
1: an easy distinction to make. Is this person already established for something? mm mm-hmm. If that's a yes, then you don't ever count signal them. You just say yes. That's exactly true. And all of this, you know, J.K. Rowling. Oh well, I'm not sure that's actually a woman. Yes. And is this actually an Englishman or an Irishman, J.K.? You know, like l- let's start calling things by their true names, shall we? You know, the, the there's no point count signaling anyone who is coming even vaguely close to agreeing with something you think. You know, just you know, love bomb them like the lefty. That's my opinion.
0: We've got uh, Joshua Bibi here for five dollars. Protests are party that is thrown once hey. those in charge decide to make a solid or a social change prior to formal adoption. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. Uh yeah, that's a point that's been made by uh by uh Moldbug multiple times, by Curtis Yarvin mm-hmm. multiple times. I think it's a really strong one. He's he's made the point multiple times. If you, you know, do you think the government's on your side? If not, then you probably yeah. don't want a large uh, street protests because uh, the only reason those succeed is that the people in charge allow them to. Do so jo- Joshua
1: is a gold tier subscriber.
0: Let's uh-huh. see, so, Hey Joshua,
1: how's it going? Nice That's a
0: d- man of distinctive taste.
1: Yeah, yeah, and an absolute Chad. Look at that. Look yeah, that look at profile that profile pic. I mean, um, but yeah, no, he's he's absolutely right. But there are always advantages um, to protesting when the power structure is against you, um, because this comes down to basically Linsky. Um, If you have a legitimate cause, and they crush you as hard as they can, then that's an injustice that other people see. And the more they do this, the more your point is preserved throughout the crushings. Uh, It's not fun. No no one said that um, being a sort of soft revolutionary wasn't going to come with any sacrifices. Um, But there are advantages to this. So...
0: And this is the old, uh, this is the old uh, showdown that I, I'm, I, I one day I'm going to get this facilitate this debate in person between Yarvin and uh, and Rufo. You know, Ruf, Rufo is the right wing Alinsky. Yarvin does that. not think they can that that can work for the right side. So yeah. I want to get well, that I mean, down.
1: I mean, I don't see any any harm in trying.
0: Uh, uh I always forget how to properly pronounce that, Ethel man.
1: Pemplar. Pemplar.
0: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh for ten dollars thank you man i'm reminded of the oh how's your how's your roman names here you want to give that one a uh
1: canierato marcellinia
0: all right i'm going with that that sounds right uh an organization the gauls made to protect themselves when rome abandoned the border rome ended up fighting them more than the germans imperial elite um yeah i'm not particularly familiar with that uh, moment in history but I'm actually not familiar with them either, which
1: surprises me because I'm pretty good on
0: Roman history. Yeah, you are. uh, I'm reasonably good at Roman history, but you are better. And so I was hoping you would help me out there. (laughs) I thought thought I'd know. But I mean, it's a huge subject and I'm I'm just uh, an enthusiastic amateur. Literally a thousand years. That's that's if you don't count the Byzantine. Uh, Mint 20 for uh, $10. It used to be that to become a Japanese subject, you needed to be adopted by a citizen. Who is that you are then the responsibility and has to answer for your heirs? Seems like a model. Pity that ended in the post war. Well, actually, this is uh, also, uh, you know, shout out to the Hoppians out there. This is how Hans Hermann Hoppa's uh, uh, covenant communities uh, would also work. You would need to be uh, basically contracted in by somebody who's already part of the community. Uh, you would be uh, liable, or they would be liable for your behavior for a certain number of years before you're able to actually become part of it. Um, I, I think there are more organic ways to do that, but it is uh, most certainly a excellent standard by which to hold uh, kind of uh, the immigration process. I think that's definitely on the right track.
1: To be honest, I think it'd be easier just to say that foreign uh, immigrants are forbidden from marrying anyone other than a native. Uh, I think that'd just be the easiest way to kind of nudge people into because one one of the problems that the right has is it seems to want to do some quite dramatic things that I just think are never going to happen. <laughs> And so being like, okay, well, you know, we want to have X happen. It's like, okay, but that's not going to happen. But a kind of strong, you know, use the existing nudge technology that they have Mm -hmm. to nudge in our direction and you'll get the results you want just over a a slightly extended period of time. I think that's a lot more likely than a hard break with the previous way of doing things and a radical position. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm happy if that does happen. I just think the the you know introducing sort of nudge laws is a lot more likely in my opinion
0: i don't think that's the case because i think nudge laws work because they drive people away from uh, axioms and not towards them uh uh, oh no no it could well be um but it depends the
1: axioms you're driving people away from
0: Precisely. Right. I i think. I think there is. I think there is a real truth that leftism is entropy, uh and that. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Oh, it's
1: definitely true. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And so I think that the mechanisms that drive people to leftist outcomes are not the same ones that drive people towards rightist outcomes. You have to reestablish societal core truths for a right to properly reestablish itself, and that doesn't happen in the same process that that the left. That's a long debate creation. that we can have another time. It is. Well, it's yeah, then yeah. next time, Carl. Next time. Yeah. um Max uh, Woodbridge here from Canada. Do you uh, do you notice a trend amongst the dissident right to write off liberals as irredeemable? Please, uh, or lest we forget, many of us, including Carl, were uh, liberals not long ago. Yes, but I mean, Carl's received the baptism. I yeah.
1: I, uh, to be honest <laughs> with you, I think I'm one of the most effective deconstructors of liberalism around at the moment. Actually, I would agree. What, what one of one of the one of the interesting things about the dissident right is actually they're not great on liberalism. Like, you recognize where the boundaries of it are, right? And so you can see, oh, no, that's liberalism if I go over that line. That's fine. You're all great at that. But actually, from within the tent, I noticed that the distant right doesn't very well deconstruct liberalism. And I think it's just because I've been in and come out that I can be like, oh, right, I know. I see all the problems here. Uh, and I've, I've I'm constantly banging the drum actually about know, wrong this, this, and uh, yeah and i i do think that has been to an advantage of mine actually um and it's nice to be able to put it into practice as well um whenever i'm like
0: talking to some leftist online or whatever it is you know well i expect you to hold those dirty liberals inside the dissident right accountable it's you know purge them carl it's... well
1: it, <laughs> the 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 thing is just again like the problem of the distant right is still at this point sees liberalism as the lodestone that everything is dragged towards and they don't see themselves as being a center of gravity. And I think that's wrong because I think it is actually a center of gravity and there's a kind of lack of self-confidence in the distant right because of this, uh, you know, they're, they're desperately trying not to get sucked into the goo of liberalism, you know, mm. uh, and actually, I think I, I'm, I'm going to write something on this because it's a, it's quite a long thing, but I, I think there's a particular way of conceiving of these things. Actually, if we use the right language, we kind of make our own position inevitable and I do think our position is inevitable. So
0: no, I'll, no, I'd be interested in that because I, I certainly think that that's true, but uh, I'd be interested to see how you, how you get there. Uh, I think,
1: I think the insecurity about like, you know, new people and celebrities and stuff like that i think it's because of that whereas the left do see themselves as the inevitable consequence of liberalism mm-hmm. so they are totally fine to just go balls to the wall oh yeah you know you're our guy you're our guy you know they're, they're not insecure about that at all
0: well i think it, for a large amount also for the dr it, it that it is not yet one thing and so because of that it can't say yeah. you're our guy because they don't even know what their guy looks like at this yeah, point yeah, yeah. and we so intersectional uh, rightism it's it's not wrong uh, I know, but that's I know. the that's a longer discussion.
1: I know we need a unifying theory <laughs> yeah just sense. just
0: like our international gathering of nationalists yeah I know um, I know but it works right it's really fun you, you're not wrong yeah uh, the Irish should challenge the migrants in a drinking contest winner gets the land I mean that that's just well they're gonna probably, win that but yeah right <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, but that's why fair. that'll
1: never be the case
0: right <laughs> Ireland totally should have stayed oh sorry uh, Dylan 98 here Ireland uh, totally should have stayed In the UK, it adopted mass migration in the 1960s, as the Brits did, instead of doing it in the 2000s. No.
1: It's it's just... I mean, I I don't mind that the Irish don't want to be a part of Britain, I understand, and I don't mind that the Northern Irish do want to be a part of Britain, you know, again, I understand. But, like, if they'd remained a part of Britain, they would have been subject to the same settler-colonial narrative that we are. Uh, and so the irish wouldn't have had the kind of strong defensive fortification that they have in no we are the colonised people actually you're the new plantation you know they have that's a really strong defence um so it's good for them that they don't they didn't remain
0: in so tiny rick for 199 what if bill mar counter signal or love bomb um love i bomb. Uh,
1: <laughs> i know everyone hates it i know everyone okay. hates to hear it right but the thing is with bill mar is he hasn't got a better narrative, right? Bill Maher is not insensible. And I mean, does anyone remember Bill Maher talking about men leading lives of quiet desperation, right? That, that bit that he did decades ago now. It's really, really good. That was when I first became a fan of Bill Maher because he is a liberal, but that's because that's the only narrative he's being given and he's never been given a persuasive narrative to the contrary. You know, you and I think Bill Maher would actually be receptive to a persuasive narrative if it were presented to him. And so basically in Bill Maher's notifications constantly, he should have the persuasive narrative from our side about, you know, love of the home, the hearth, the tradition, continuity, presented to him. And I think it would maybe start getting through. He's not he's not the zealot that lots of other people are. Like John Stewart is never gonna hear you, right? But I think Bill Maher might. So But again, I've been proved wrong on many things, many times, and Bill Maher very recently, uh, and Gadsad and various others. So, you know, like, I'm I'm not saying I'm not the eternal optimist, but I can't help but but harbor a hope that maybe one day Bill Maher will go like, you know what, Sargon was right.
0: (laughs) So I I understand why you hold a a special place in your heart for the repentant new atheist. You know, like (laughs) I... I, I I understand that we 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 made that joke back and forth on Twitter. Here's my here's my my test my livingness test is Carl. I know you don't hate me. Like I don't hate you. What, sorry. You, you, I know you don't hate me. I know you don't hate my class. Oh, no, yeah. I know you don't hate my community. I know you don't hate <laughs> my people. Right. Yes. Even though at some point you disagreed and you know we're making snide jokes about religion. Right. Sure. So th- that's the thing that where that that's why that is not a barrier. You know here when i look at people like mar or Sad or james Lindsay, or whatever like these are people who hate and 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 they do they do they're they're you can you can see the class hatred gadsad can't help himself he has to say he he has to say even though he's been milking that idw gravy train for Mm -hmm. a long time he still has to come out and like you know make it throw his jokes about jethro in the middle of the country because gadsad has a has a class war with that guy that like his yeah. identity is built around being better than that person i can smell that a mile away because i'm part of the no no i hate I, I
1: can as well uh,
0: and, and, and so when i look at someone like bill maher i know i can smell that I, I can smell that hatred coming off him you and me talk we don't have that problem and so like so that's that's the differentiation for me is i i hear you like a hundred percent across well. those 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 aisles and and make those enemies into friends when mm-hmm. you can but for me, the friend-enemy distinction is, do, do you define your identity in opposition to my identity? That's literally what the friend-enemy enemy distinction means. And for guys like Gadzad, that's, that's what their identity I don't, is. I don't know. I'm Otherwise, sure. they wouldn't throw that out. Otherwise, so, that wouldn't snap off that way.
1: I think that Gadzad is not actually as bad as people think. Um, and I think it's just recent, the recent kerfuffle with Israel and Palestine that has brought out a bad side of him. But I actually don't think that he's congenitally like this all the way. Um, But, again, I've been proved wrong before, and I may well be wrong on this. Um, But I I get the feeling that if I were to be able to have a frank conversation with a bunch of these people, I could possibly change their mind. But, again, I'm happy to be just labelled the eternal optimist on this. But I I do hear what you're saying. I do hear what you're saying. But I'm not sure that these... I, I think for a lot of these guys, it's kind of a defense mechanism, actually, um, because I think that they fear being pushed towards a place where their peers will reject them outright. Now, I mean, Gadsden was quite an open Trump supporter, for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I find it hard to believe that actually he, he nurtures a hatred in his heart for the average working American. Right? I find that hard to believe. I think he was just really blundering recently and uh, is too proud to be like actually no good point didn't really think about that um but i don't think he does hate harbor a hatred in his heart and i think his open trump support when that wasn't a popular position in among his peers um actually shows that but
0: i think it puts him in better footing than say sam harris you know that well,
1: well yeah i mean well
0: that, that like we, sam you know, harris is sam, another one of these guys right like Sa- sam
1: harris is not someone i think who can be converted right, right. Sam Harris is a great great example of how he is never going to hear what you're saying and he will willfully not hear what you're saying. Um Sad, James Lindsay I think actually you know these guys could be brought across in in a sympathetic way but I understand why people don't like them as well so I will leave
0: the, I will leave you to do that missionary work I will I'll I will do my set very that best. task before you. Yeah. All right, our last one here, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, all of your help. The region Crosshair says, it's amazing that countries that had nothing to do with colonialism or the slave trade can trick on the same sort of mindset that Americans have concerning race relations. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately the, the consequence of us being the uh, global hegemon when it comes to culture. We, we, can, pro- <laughs> we can project that, uh, that conflict anywhere uh, our yeah. elites need it to go. And also the, the ideology
1: was so well developed within liberalism all of the liberal countries are falling prey to it mm-hmm. they can't help it they, they just have no antibodies to any of this but um the the regular irish person isn't a doctrinaire liberal and they do feel very strongly that they are irish before anything else so fingers crossed
0: absolutely all right guys well thank you so much for coming by carl thank you once again always a pleasure to talk to you Uh, Looks like we might have a couple other uh, topics we'll have to dive into uh, later on. But uh, everybody, of course, make sure to check out everything over with the Lotus Eaters. If it's your first time on this channel, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. Uh, And of course, if you want to get these broadcasts as podcasts, make sure that you subscribe to the Warren McIntyre Show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for coming by, guys. And as always, I'll talk to you next time.